Welcome to the Hope United Church Podcast. We are one church with two locations. For video live streams of our services and more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. piece of scripture but it's, it's been misused a lot which, which see when I hear scriptures getting misused it annoys me and it excites me <laughs> because we get a chance to get it right yeah. and we get a chance to speak about it again in the right way and uh, there's no easy way to preach a message like us you know there's no easy way for this to land uh, in your world uh, to make you feel Amazing after it. Uh, it's challenging to the very core uh, what it speaks about. It's no challenging if you stop at verse 15. Yeah. If you stop at verse 15, it's fantastic. If you stop at verse 15, you'll feel terrific. You know, and you'll leave. And that's the majority of the message in the church, in the modern church today. And I put the set, as you, I spent a lot of time thinking about the second part. Uh, part two, next week's going to be part three. Three weeks without even thinking of a quirky title. How fantastic. Spend a lot more time studying God's word if you want to spend three days trying to come up with a quirky title to find out how amazing you are. You know what I mean? You're amazing. And then I can land them with a the curveball. What does that mean? You know, I find that astonishing, really, that I used to think that was good. No, and listen, some of my peers would think it's still good. They would hate me saying this. Suck it up. So the thing is, I want people to find us. Okay, that's, that's dead simple, isn't it? See if, you go and, see if you go and look for us, you'll find out. It's called the woman at the well. You'll know, it's no called something else that's, that's a psychological mind twist that you'll never find it. And see, the thing is, we want people to find it. It'd be like Jesus dressing up as, as Wurzel Gummidge so that we could never find him. And then when we find them, go, oh, it's actually you behind that. Why would you want that? It's crazy. So anyway, let me get through some of this. And we, I'll not read verse 1 or verse 2, but I'll start at verse 3 uh, of uh, John chapter 4. It says, And he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And I'll, I'll just touch on a few things that I did last week. The reason he, he left Judea and departed again was because the pressure was starting to come, you know, and Jesus has got him a ministry to fulfill. And he's not going to fight battles based on other people's agenda, which many of us do, that we end up fighting battles based on other people's agenda. And he knew that the Judeans would have had a, an agenda now that he's now took over from John the Baptist and they would have had an agenda with that. So he's no <coughs> been caught on their agenda, so he's departed. And it says, but he needed to go through Samaria. Now, there's loads of reasons why he needed to go through Samaria. We know the divine reason why he needed to go through Samaria, to meet the woman at the well. <coughs> Another reason is it was a shorter journey, uh, the reason he would go through Samaria. Jews would have travelled from Judea to Samaria uh, Judea back to Galilee and through Samaria all the time. Uh, many wouldn't. The racists wouldn't. The racist Jews wouldn't have went through Samaria because they had an issue 
with that. But Jesus is no racist, so he's quite happy taking the short route. There's that, but also there's a divine reason, as we know. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakya, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied. Jesus being wholly human. I love that John writes this, that Jesus is fully human. Uh, he's fully human. So he get tired, he get wearied, uh, he, he needed, he's walked this journey, I don't know how many days he's walked, it's been a, a, a trek, and he's not been dally-dally, and he's been purposeful, and he's tired, and I love that, that Jesus suffered everything that humans suffer, goes through everything that humans suffer, goes through what, what did not sin. So here he's wearied from his journey, and he should just sat thus at the well and it was about the sixth hour so that means it was 12 in the day which is an important time because this woman is then he encounters this woman a woman of Samaria came to draw water Jesus says to her no perfect timing here I said this last week perfect timing I mean see if he get distracted for a minute he wouldn't have made there would have been so he'd never get distracted per, and wait till you read the the timing as I get into the conclusion of the day, how, how he, I mean, just God's timing just, it, it blows your mind beyond blows your mind. And it's not just his timing and what he does, it's the timing and what you do. No, you know, you know that, that this is not just happening 2,000 years ago. Right to this very moment, even now, God's orchestrating everybody's timing. I know you think you're doing it. I know you do. I know you think you're orchestrating. I know you do. I know what you're like. God's orchestrating everybody's timing even now. No, this wasn't 2,000 years ago and saying, I don't do that anymore. God's still orchestrating so much timing. And I just want to pinpoint that because there's a wee bit comes up as I close the day. If I get to it, well, I will get to it. And it, it's jaw-dropping about the timing. No, it's just how he... Captures and it's like bookended here. He's timing here and then he's timing at the end. And then he, he comes here at, at 12 midday where women would never wash their clothes as we know at that time. They would come at, they would come at dusk or dawn, but usually dusk. They would come at 6pm when it was cooler in the day. And the reason this woman's coming at this time, some people even say that she wasn't even at a local well. As if there were no maybe loads of them. She's not even gone to her local well. I don't know if you've heard this before, but uh, the well that she goes to is outside town, and the chances are there'll be many wells inside town. You wouldn't have had to come as far out. So she's not just coming in midday. She's coming in midday to an obscure place so that she she's not embarrassed or ashamed. So she's trying to just be act anonymous. You, you know what it's like. I don't know if you know what it's like. You mean you're hiding people you know see when I used to drink honestly I used to tell so many lies right I know you couldn't believe that looking at me now but I was a pathological liar absolutely pathological liar I couldn't stop telling lies for the I could, and the reason I told so many lies is, is because I was constantly thinking about what you would like <laughs> that's why I tell lies you know and I used to tell lies and then I would wake up sober because I would promise people things. Mm-hmm. I don't know, when I used to drink, I promised people everything for approval. Like someday I'd be in the pub and somebody would go, oh, oh. I'd just overhear a conversation. I was a pest. <laughs> right? Do you know that? I was just, oh, there's that pest. I don't know if they said it out loud, but I know that's what they're saying because when I see people like I was then, I think they're a pest. <laughs> right? So, 
there's that pace coming. And uh, so I would hear somebody talking about a fridge. So just say Callum and James is talking, oh, I need to get a fridge. Right away here, Mr. Fix It. Looking for a fridge? I'll get you a fridge. Where am I going to get a fridge? What plate? Curries. That's what she says. Curries. You'll get a fridge and curries. I'll get a fridge, right? I'll get you a fridge. Well, yeah, I get fridges all the time. I'll get you a job. Every job I was on was in a shaky peg. Every job I was in, I was, I was one more Monday club away. That means missing Mondays. I was one more Monday club away from getting sacked. And I would be promising people in the pub, I'm in with the bricks here, I'll get you a start. I'm not getting there a start. So Monday would come, I'd, blah, I'd wake up, or the next day, Sunday usually would come, I'd wake up, I'd blah. I don't know if you can, listen, this, this, this is not a drinkathon, right? So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, for the first three, four seconds, you're all right. Yeah. And then it's like total recall yeah. as you start remembering what you said. And the next day you think, oh no, fridge. <laughs> oh no, fridge. And then I would say things like, do you know what, this is the truth, and I think of this woman and all her mistakes and all her issues. Do you know how long I avoided the fridge guy for? Ever. <laughs> Ever. Ever. I could never talk to fridge guy again, unless I was drunk. If I was drunk, I'd black by the way, I've no forgot about the fridge. Oh, no, I don't do it again. Back in here. Don't mention the fridge word again. Back in here every time I would see them. Nightmare. And this woman's maybe gone to a well that's not even close to the town or the city because she's that embarrassed. She, I'm not saying she's promised fridges, but you get the shame promising a fridge and somebody jobs and, oh my God, the thought. The woman of Samaria came to draw water from the well and Jesus said to her, give me a drink, his, for his disciples had gone away into the city by food. We know why. So the, their, their mindset and religious mindset, where they were at towards Samaritans, they couldn't have coped with that. How is it that you being a Jew ask for a drink of me, a Samaritan woman for Jews, have no dealings with Samaritans? When it says no dealings with Samaritans, I was speaking about that last week, that when, when the Samaritan woman saying Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, what that means is, is a Samaritan, a Jew, would not share kitchen utensils. You think they would say kitchen utensils, wouldn't you? No, they would not share kitchen utensils. So Jesus, a Jew would not drink for a cup then, a Samaritan drink for a cup. Never mind, and I said this last week, never mind she's a Samaritan, she's a woman. Never mind she's a Samaritan woman, she's a Samaritan woman of a sort. I mean, it's just taboo yeah. here. In every way she performs, it's taboo. Uh, and Jesus is breaking this divide right away because he's, He's no racist. He's bringing an acceptance, if you like, right for the start. He's, he's not getting caught up in religion. Uh, and this is wonderful, isn't it? And this is the gospel message, isn't it? This is the gospel message of grace, full stop. Uh, there's no gospel message of grace, full stop, and you'll hear in this message. Gospel message of grace, full stop, stops. Verse 15. You know, do you know what the Gospel of John says? It says, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son. We got to observe who Christ is. Surely John is this day. We observed his glory as his only begotten son of God. Full of truth and grace. Grace we know truth and it has to have the balance. All grace and no truth. No change. 
All grace and no truth will give you a license to continue to do what you want and feel terrific about it. That's what I'll tell you. That's not the case. I know that's what we want because that gets more bums on seats for you to leave here feeling terrific. And that'll get, that's better. I mean, how do you enjoy that? Amazing. Every week I feel terrific. Better leaving here every week I feel sometimes terrific, sometimes horrific. That's good. That's good. You know, that's better. That's better. That's truth and grace. Yeah? Know that we're deliberately trying to make you feel bad. It's truth and grace. So Jesus answered and says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who was, he was, give me a drink, you would have asked him. So Jesus has then turned the tables, as we said, and now it becomes about what this woman needs. He would have given living water, which is eternal life, living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do I get this living water? And there's a wee glimmer of hope here. I wouldn't mind a bit of this. That's what she's saying. I wouldn't, so that's what some people come to church like. Wouldn't you mind a bit of this? They look terrific. You know what I mean? They look good. They look quite happy. Some Christians do. No. <laughs> I've never understood. Honestly, I have, understand people are different, right? You don't need to listen with a smile on your face. But I've always, I've never understood. I can't say it any other way. Face tripping you Christians. I've never understood that. I've never understood face-tripping you Christians, really. I've really never understood it. The only way I can comprehend that you'd be a... I know it's dead North Lanarkshire, but we're free North Lanarkshire, all right. (laughs) But the reason I've never truly understood face-tripping you Christians is because, to me, to me, their life before they get saved must have been... I can't imagine what their life before they get saved was. If now they're saved and they're still in that state... That's what makes me think that, do you know? And I'm thinking, no, just like, hard work, innit? Hard work to be as unhappy as that, I think. You know, I'm not talking about that, I'm feeling amazing, but it's just that. You know, you sometimes think, get out of yourself. Get out of yourself. Stop thinking about yourself all the time. You know? Do you know, shatting on people like that. There was a girl in your church a few years ago, and she was, she was dead spiritual, and she was so shy. And I remember talking to her one day. I says, you know why you're shy? She, said, she, she, was, she thought shyness was, she transferred shyness to humility. I says, you know why you're shy? You can't stop thinking about yourself. You can tell that went well, that conversation. <laughs> it was too much truth and no enough grace that day. Ah, granted, okay, but I'm getting better. I'm on a journey, okay. I was like, you know, but I was like, you're, you're no shy because you're humble. You're shy because you're obsessed with you. I've not seen her for a while. Uh, it's terrible, terrible. It's not that I didn't want it. I should have been a bit more gracious. I should have done this bit first. But then done the other bit. Otherwise we would have done another bit. I'd see your shyness, you're amazing. Yeah, that, that's this bit. Jesus answered and says to her, if you knew the gift of God that was in you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, I have none to draw the well with and the well is deep. Where can I get this living water? And then she says this, so she's into it, and then she's like, this is good, I've got a wee promise here. And then the ego comes back a wee bit, you know what it's like, innit? You know, you, you, this is the journey with humans, yeah? They let the guard down a wee bit, but see, because he loads of stuff in different people's lives, I don't want to tar brush this here, is they have a bit of a vulnerability hangover, okay? So they, they feel a wee bit vulnerable, and then they go, Oh, hold it a minute. 
you know, hold it a minute, I'm a wee bit vulnerable here, I'm, and, and they get a bit nervous because they think, I'm going to get exposed here. Yeah. I'm going to get, and they don't want exposed when it's the opposite Jesus wants for your life. Yeah. You know, no, there's a saying, they say there's only one thing worse than getting, getting found out, and it's no getting found out. It's the only thing that's really worse. Uh, and this woman's kind of, she's in this thing I'm looking for. I'll, I'll take it, thanks very much, but don't expect anything back from me. Don't expect me, don't expect me to humble myself here in any way. And then he says, are you great in her father Jacob who gave us the well? She doesn't really understand. Remember that she's a Samaritan, just a wee tiny bit about Samaritans. Samaritans are apostatized. They, they, they don't understand the becoming Messiah. Okay, just to give you a wee heads up here. I don't want to get in too deep about it because it's, it's more complex than that. But predominantly, Samaritans cannot have gave up the Old Testament uh, process. So they've stopped way back. So the coming Messiah is not really in their 40, really. You know what I mean? It's not really who they are. They've kind of gave all that up for a godly Abraham way back. And they've not really moved on. And it becomes this external God somewhere who doesn't really exist. Yeah, the, the, they basically became Jewish heathens, if you like. That's almost what it's like. And that's why the Jews can't stand them so much. Because they're so steeped in religion and they're so steeped in the doctrine of, of, of the Old Testament. And these people have gave it up. I'm car brushing that. It's, it's more complex than that. So if I've said a wee bit that's not totally accurate, you get the picture. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and says to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Of course, that's what she's going to say. This is where we stopped last week. This is where the gospel usually stops in the modern, contemporary, all accepting, make you feel terrific church. This is it. It stops right here. And who wouldn't you want to be part of that? Who wouldn't you want? Do you mean nothing in my part? Nothing at all. The gifts, the promises, the sweets, the lots. What do you want to do? Nothing. It's all grace. It's all grace. Don't need anything. And that's true, we're saved by grace, but it's through faith. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't be saved by grace with no faith. If you're saved by grace with no faith, then no, you're no saved. It's by grace through faith. Uh, this is where we've got up to. So, And this is where the church is predominantly stopped, and this is where it's taught today. Uh, we have promised a new life. Okay, any's ever got that promise to you? Yeah, me too. It was amazing. Gave people hope. Gave them good feelings to beat bad ones. I mean, why else would you want to come to church to get good feelings to beat bad feelings? Uh, so that's why I'm here. I feel terrific today. I didn't feel so good when I came, but I've left feeling a lot better. To Monday. Yeah. Yeah. This woman is like this. This is what she's like. I'll take that right now. You're telling me, this is what you, you're telling me, Jesus. You've got all this for me. Aye, I've got all this for you. I can feel better, no carry any shame anywhere. See, this is the message. How long do we teach this message in church before you tell them to the truth? 
It's a question you need to ask. This is a shift. Yeah. Hey, one day. Sorry, that's the North Lanarkshire, a shift, eight hours. This isn't one day. Yeah. This is, do you know how long we wait? Just don't be too hard. Give them six months. They're off. Yeah. They've been baptised. <laughs> that needs to change. And they've been off. The curse of baptism in this church will never harm again. I need to just say that. Because there's no real repentance. Yeah. No real repentance. And I've got to deal with that and I've got to admit that and accept. Listen, don't look at me like that. I'm a work in progress today. No. <laughs> We're all working progress here, aren't we? We're all getting changed with this. Yeah. This woman's like, I'll take it if I can feel better and no carry shame. I want this. And people come to church, everybody comes with something going on. They, they say this in church, you, you need to come to church for the right reason. No, you don't. You don't need to come to church for the right reason. You need to hear the right message when you come for the wrong reason even. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter what reason you come for, as long as you hear the right message when you come. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of people come to church for the wrong reason. You come because you're invited, you come because your pal's coming, you come for that, you come because you're fed up, you come because your mom's coming, you come because your dad's coming, you come because your wife will leave you if you don't come, your husband will leave you. You'll come for a million reasons. Yeah. Yeah. The woman is like... I'll take that if it'll make me feel better and no carry any shame. And Jesus is like, this is what happens. This is the confusion of grace. See, this is the all grace accepting message that we teach. Because people want that. Why would you know? People are broken and hurting. They'll grasp for any form of hope. That's great that they're grasping for any form of hope. But the world's full of any form of hope. Marks and Spencer's is full of hope. <laughs> Wherever you go, crystals, cuddles, hug a tree. God knows what else. Do you know what I mean? Yoga. Everything is full of that stuff. It's no Christ though. So if we only offer that part, we're not offering anything different for M&S. Really? Decadence. <laughs> Cut into that chocolate goo and I'm like, oh, I'm having you. <laughs> I'm having you, all right. I'm oh, Five days I've been trying to eat healthy and honestly talk about coveting. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm looking at folk and I'm like, how dare you order some as tasty as that next to me? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of disrespect is that? I was with Andrew Beattie on Saturday. I've got dry scrambled... This is, listen, this is therapy. Right, I've got dry scrambled egg and he goes, this is what he says, and I thought, I'll slap you. Right, and he says, uh, he says, uh, he says, I says, what are you waiting on? Because he had a roll sitting. Just a roll. Oh, I'm waiting on my breakfast. And he had this big breakfast. And if you've ever had a breakfast here, they're amazing, right? And he had a breakfast and the breakfast came in. And then he went on to say this. I says, he says, it's all right, but I'm not, I'm not, hear this, I'm not having any bread. As I'm shoveling three dry scrambled eggs into my face. I says, you're not having any bread? I says, what's the rule? Did you hear this? Where did you hear this? That's a fresh roll. Ah. <laughs> fresh? What are you on about fresh? 
He says, that's a fresh roll. It's getting any additives and you preserve it for longer. Oh, I says, oh, that's flipping fantastic. Again. Good for you. You swipe around your plate with your roll. Up out of respect, mate. The pastor's in the house trying his best here. You're having a big breakfast. And this is, anyway, Swami's like, you mean you can make me feel terrific? Do you mean you can, this is what she's saying. Are you saying you can make me feel terrific? You can make me feel no needy? You can make me no feel lonely? See, this is all the promises before anything you get in church so, so often. Oh, thanks, Jesus. Thanks very much. I'll take all that and I'll go away into the world and I'll use it to be more special. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll use it to get a better man than my last man. I know it's dead out here, it? True, but... I'll use it to get a better man than my last man. And Jesus then throws a huge, huge curveball. He's got this living water. It's almost that he's here. He's offering it on the same day, no months before, no weeks before. We'll keep on offering the promises without telling him to the truth. And he's got it here. It's like that. And it's almost like this. He goes to hand her it. And this is where we're up to. And he goes to hand her and he goes like, nah. Can Mary have a word with you? Can I have a word with you? The church that we were was that. Yeah? The church that God wants to build is, can I have a word with you? Can I have a word with you? Okay? Truth and grace. It's this living water thing that will make the woman feel so much better. She feels better at the thought of it. The thought of her feeling better and feeling more attractive about herself is amazing, isn't it? I mean, who would you want that? Then Jesus says this, verse 16, this is where we're at. Half the way through my message, we're up where we should have been at. Anyway, you've got to, you can't just race through this. You just can't. Oh, I'm not getting excited about my next thing. This is it. I was with a pastor last week and he was so absent when I was with him. I was talking to my friend who I was with on Friday. We were having lunch on Friday and he, he considered me. Which I thought, I really appreciate you considering. He never had a role. <laughs> And we're talking about different stuff anyway, and we're talking about somebody being... I was with a pastor, and I was talking to him, and he was just absent. He, I was sitting in a car, and he kept on getting on his phone. And he's doing stuff, and he's looking around about him, and I'm like, why is everything else more important to you than who's in front of you today? Yeah. Why is that? No, why is everybody else more important to you than this meeting with me because you're doing other stuff? We're living in times, people, in modern church where it would be demeaning to a pastor to go and meet a woman at a well. She's not advanced enough for him. Do you hear me? She's no near advanced enough for him. Yet 2,000 years later, we're teaching this very thing. 2,000 years later, we're teaching this subject and it's changing lives and helping us understand this greatest, one of the greatest teachings ever on evangelism. Yet Jesus, of the Son of God, 
the Messiah seen fit to go through Samaria to meet one human being. And we're living in Daisy churches. You need to get to a certain level before I'll have a meeting with you. That's where we're at. Well, how well do I need to get before I can get to you? And I'll tell you what happens. And the reason I know this because because I've been in it. And it's a mindset that you get into because I've been there. It's a mindset that you get into. I've been in meetings with these people. I've been in it there. And it's a mindset that they get into that they think somehow it makes the church smaller by meeting one person. If I go and meet this one person who's not achieved anything yet, it's going to demean the corporateness of how I see this church. It's pathetic, isn't it? Until I get, people love this stuff, don't they? It's true, it's true, and it's abuse. 2,000 years later, we're talking about this subject. Jesus went through Samaria to meet one woman. Jesus crossed the river. To meet a demon-possessed man. I mean, too, that should be too small for Jesus, shouldn't it? Yeah. No, here it's not. Then Jesus, and do you know why? Because we're learning for every single bit of the day. And whether you meet one person or 50 people or 100 people or 1,000 people, you'll learn as much. I'll learn as much for Holly Beatty, who's eight. You know what I mean? You, everything, everybody's helping you. Jesus says this, verse 16. This is the this is the, the, the carrot that's almost been dangled. But he's not doing it that way, but if you hear me here. And he says, go. He's never said any of this before, by the way. He's not said a word yet. He says, go call your husband. This must floor this woman. She's thinking she's getting off scot-free here. Yeah, as we all. She thinks, I am okay. Go get your husband. And tell him to come here. And then the woman answers and says, would you hear this? I have no husband. She's told the truth wrapped in a massive lie. Yeah. That's what people tend to do. We tell a truth wrapped in a massive lie. She's told the truth. And we, I knock we, I, I've not got a husband. She's not saying it that way. He, John's a phenomenal writer. So, so he, 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 it's like, I've not got a husband. But it's wrapped in all the stuff, agenda, run about it. I've not, hey, hello, hello, don't I know here. And the woman's floor, she tells the truth, but it's wrapped around a lie to cover her tracks. Her pride and her shame has went to another level now. Her pride and her shame has went to another level. From this point on, wait hear this, from this point on to the end of the verse, no more talk of living water. No more talk of living water. No more talk, no more talk of the nice sweets you're going to get. No more talk. Cheesecake dessert. No more talking that. No more talking living water. Uh, getting to the truth of the matter. No more, no more over promising and under delivering. We see the action of what living water looks like and does now. What Jesus is going to show you is this is what living water will look like. We know it's eternal life, but what must I do? <laughs> we start to see the action of what it means to become like Christ and be transformed. Know the promises that Disney bring any transformation in your life. Know the promises that Disney make you make better choices. Know the promises it takes you for the life that you had to the life that you can have. Where most people live today in Christianity, Christian atheism. 
Living water, eternal life, is not just about giving people all the good stuff. But it's about removing the bad. It's about having a new life for an old life, as they say. It's not just about... Otherwise, we just suppress stuff. You know, there's a brilliant scripture in Jeremiah 1.10. It's one of my favourite. He says to Jeremiah, God says to Jeremiah, he says, I have set this day before you to root out and to cast off, to throw away and destroy. Then to build and plant. What we've done is, is the first 15 verses of this is the building and planting before the rooting out and casting off. <laughs> or the, the promise of the, that. I've set this day before you, Jeremiah, to root out and to cast off, to throw away and destroy. Then he build and plant. Then, then God says, then, now Jeremiah, what do you see? He says, I see the fruits of the almond tree. The fruit of the spirit. And then God says to Jeremiah, now you're ready to perform my work. After that. Without, the part, without this part, Jesus is no the solution to anything. Yeah. This is the truth. See, without this next part, the next verses, Jesus isn't a solution to anything in MD's life. He's an option. He's a multiple choice instead of yoga. Do you understand? He's a multiple choice instead of whatever. He's a multiple choice instead of alcohol. He's the choice instead of this. He's something else. That's how millions of so-called believers live. They have had an encounter. They've heard the prosperity gospel. The problem is with the prosperity gospel, the biggest lie about the prosperity gospel is that it tells you it's only about money. <laughs> the prosperity gospel is not no about money. The prosperity gospel is about prospering without your soul prospering. <laughs> was prospering without renewing your mind and without changing how you think. Prosperity gospel is about exterior prosperity without inward change. Yeah. Uh, this woman was being accepted by Jesus, a Jew. This is great. No, and this is what happens. This woman's heard the bit about acceptance. She's been accepted by Jesus, a Jew who talked to her. Never heard that before. Never had a Jew talk to her. Never had a Jewish man talk to her. Never had a Jewish man talk to her in such a calm-toned, respectful manner. Yeah. He listened to her. He was patient with her. He was non-threatening to her. Isn't that the gospel message? No. And a word, no. If the message stops here, if that's the offer and it stops, this is what will happen. This woman, and try and relate this to maybe where you were at in your life, or you can maybe relate it to somebody who's far from God today. What will happen is they'll take all that stuff and they'll take all that Jesus has and then continue to use it for the end gain in their worldly life. Yeah, that's what will happen. They'll, they'll take all that message, they'll take all that stuff, and they'll use it to enhance their worldly life here. That's what will happen. Just solely to make them feel better. Let's read on in that verse, move on a bit for verse 17. Jesus says to her, you have said, well, I have no husband. Wait, here's another truth bomb coming. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. Jesus lands another truth. He brings her sin. This is no Jesus bringing her sin to the table. Because yeah. this woman's adulterer. Yeah. Because she's living in sin. She's got her, she said five husbands. Her new husband's not even married to her. And they're living together. 
He bring, we would never talk about that in church. Do you know why we don't talk about that in church? Because I've guaranteed that's happening in the room. We're not talking about that to happen in the room. We're not talking about that to embarrass people. We're not talking about that. We're talking about that because there's a better life. It's a half promise. Jesus lands another truth. He brings her sin to the table. She's living with a guy who is no her husband. She's committing adultery. Why has Jesus gone through this process? Why must we go through this process? Because if we don't deal, listen, see if we don't deal with what we've put in place to compensate no having Christ, yeah. <laughs> then what he's got to offer us is irrelevant. Jesus is saying, you've put some, you need to deal with what you've put in place to beat, to compensate me. Listen, see whatever's going on in MD's life. See whatever you're putting in place to worship rather than Christ. See whatever you're placing higher than Christ. Jesus wants to confront you about that in a loving way, gracious way, honest way, truthful way, because he's not going to keep on giving you stuff because you're just getting stuff and tappy stuff. Yeah. I hope we never do this. And I, The five husbands, I'll move on a wee bit. The five husbands is compensation for our issues. Our new boyfriend is compensation for our issues. And Jesus is saying, you need to deal with, we have to bring into the home what you're using and steady me. In order to really get the fullness of who I am. You'll never get the fullness of who Jesus is if you don't understand what you're putting in place and you just keep putting... What happens is we end up putting Jesus on top of our old issues. And we put Jesus on top of our agenda, thinking he'll outdo our agenda. Well, that's not what's happening here. We have to, this is what he's confronting you. And it doesn't matter whether it's five husbands, a boyfriend, it could be an addiction, it could be approval, it could be anything, it could be a codependency issue, it could be this, it could be anything. That he's wanting to confront, we keep putting Jesus, I want all you, Jesus. But I'm not willing to deal with what I'm compensating with. That's, we all compensate. Yeah. It's, it's whether we're willing to confront that. Yeah. So that we can have order. Yeah. Yeah. No good stuff. Just order. Yeah. Oh, just order. It's not that he doesn't want you have good stuff. It's just order. Her need to find love and acceptance has took her deeper into her sinful life. She started to pursue mere stuff to feel better. So every time she's done something to feel better, she's felt worse, then she's done something to feel better. You know that cycle that we can get into? The cycle that people, you do that to feel better, it didn't work, I do that to feel better, I do that to feel better, I do that to feel better, I start blaming, I start doing that. What I do is I'm frightened of rejection, so what I'll do is I'll control. All that stuff. Can I cope with rejection? So I'll just control. See if I can make somebody feel as if they they need to depend. See, this is codependency. Codependency is a manipulation in itself to no feel rejected. Because if I can get you to depend on me, you'll never leave me. So if I keep giving you, you'll never leave me. And if if you never, if I can make you need me, then you'll never leave me. And why we would gain, and this is what happens, if we gave people this stuff. In church, we give people the promises of God. They're going to have all this knowledge about who Jesus is and they're going to use it for their own selfish gain. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to pray spiritually so my husband thinks I'm dead spiritual. Yeah. 
I'm going to learn the right prayer so that I look amazing and it's all for your own gain. When we've no dealt with other stuff. So we just keep on flying people with promises, 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 promises. And you start using God's word. You know you're in a bad place when you start using God's word in order for somebody else to worship you or love you. That's when it really gets complex, eh? Oh, you could get into that forever. I better know this is getting deeper. Well, I better get water wings here, eh? <laughs> Do you get what I mean by that, though? You start using it. You start using what you've learned in God's word for your stuff. For your stuff. For your, for your need, for your gain. To solve your problem. No, 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 become a slave to Christ. See, this is the prosperity gospel. In the deepest, darkest, most manipulative form. And it's getting preached all over the world. And people are no hearing it because they want their ears tickled. Because they're no asked to give up anything. They're no asked to confess anything. They're no asked to confront anything. They're no asked to deal with anything. It's all grace and no truth. And they're left with all this a time bomb a stuff that they can use for their own gain. I'll give you an example. This is the most dysfunctional example you'll hear yet. Don't ever think that we don't date in more subtle ways. Before I get saved, I'll be dead quick here, before I get saved, I'll, I'll not get into deep about it, but basically, many of you will know my story that, that there's a young Christian guy who would preach to me, you know, that stuff, and then I kind of had an encounter with God, if you like, like the woman at the well, by the way. Yeah. I had an encounter with God like the woman at the well, but there were no confession, yeah. there were no repentance, there were no nothing. Okay? I was 19 years of age and for the next 10 year I drank, took drugs and done all sorts of stuff and still at times I would read God's word and do all that stuff. Yeah. I kid you not, I'm not saying this to, this might shock you. I would use God's word to chat up lassies. I'm seriously. I'd use God's word to chat up lassies and the sad thing is it worked. I know. You could, I use God. So see the thing is, I know that's pathetic. But that's where I lived. You're using God's word and you're becoming mere devious and mere corrupt with God's word because you're no saved. Yeah. You're using God's word for your own selfish gain. I know you're maybe looking and go, I'll never do that. That's brutal. That's, 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 Think of the, the intricacies, he's subtle, isn't he? That? I've seen people come to church for a man or a woman. What's different? What's different? Do you know something that really irks me? Uh, and I've heard that even mature people, they go, oh, there's a youth conference, it's great, you met your wife there, you met your husband there. I was hoping you'd meet Jesus there. As if that becomes the thing. It becomes the main thing in your life. Coming to church. Listen, this is going to be my hope forever. That, that a woman would never come to church and fund that kind of man. Ever. That would be my hope. I would hope that we would be raising men never to be the type of men. <laughs> I'd be hoping they'd be raising the type of men that would say, I'm not interested in you, I'm interested in Jesus. And if you were as interested in Jesus, maybe I would be more interested than you. 
<laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. By the way, it's vice versa. It's vice versa for me. Vice versa. And that becomes the thing. You, that, that becomes a thing. So when I was talking about being drunk and doing that stuff, you're thinking, oh, that's crazy. I move on a bit. Move on a bit and see how much differently subtle it is. Uh, there's a brilliant saying in AA. This is what it says in AA. If you don't change the person who brings you through the door, the same person will take you back out. How true? Now, I used to ask that. How, how, I, I came myself. That's what I used to say. Nobody brought me AA. I went myself. How can the same person take me back out when I came myself? And the guy wasn't long correct me saying, you. You don't change you. You'll be out the door. Same person that brings you here is the same person that'll take you back. If you don't change. Okay, I better move on. We can come to church for different reasons, but we have to hear the right message. We can all come to church for different reasons. We can come to church for loads of reasons. That there's no bad reason. There's just there's there's just no the gospel getting taught that will cut through. People were following Jesus for all sorts of reasons. Didn't he change his message to to suit why they were there? No. Seeker friendly church changes the message to suit the reason why people came. Think about that. You would honestly you'd think and it. That's a tweetable bit. You can do that later. But we changed the message to suit the motive for the seeker. What? You start changing the message to suit the motive for the seeker, do you think you want them? They're going to take the water pot for free and bolt. <laughs> they will become deluded, devious, delusional that I did, using becoming better through the teachings of Christ in order to get the love from humans or acceptance or approval. Verse 19, time's gone here. The woman said to him, I've only got to verse 42 to go. Verse 19. See, this is where you end up. This is where you end up with this stuff. You, can't, you cannot rush through this. Verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in the mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where... One ought to worship. Jesus said to the woman, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Get back to the Samaritan reasoning why they, they can't comprehend us. They can't comprehend this stuff. Where would I find God? Where would I see God? Where would I see God? Where, where is he? And Jesus saying, There's going to come a time when that will no matter. In fact, he's going to go and tell them that this is the time. For the first time, but this is amazing at verse 19. By verse 19, it's the very first verse that the woman's decided to stop hiding her sin. 19 verses before she stopped hiding her sin. Well, if you start at verse 5, but before she stopped hiding her sin, it's took to verse 19. And that's the process I talked about last week. That's why sometimes we've got to have wisdom, we have evangelism. You know, there's got to be wisdom with evangelism at times rather than spiritually GBHing people. Yeah, spirit, no. He's still getting to the same place. In fact, he's getting to it much better. Because the horse hasn't bolted at the abuse. Do you understand? The horse has not bolted at the abuse. Sometimes the evangelism, the horse bolts at the abuse. 
And there has to be that. As you listen to this, if you listen to this, if that was the first thing he said, where would it have been? See if Jesus came, see if the woman came at the well right away and Jesus says, get your man. <laughs> get your man now, repent. Right? The woman would have not been at the well longer than a minute. No compromise in the gospel. Yeah. It's having wisdom and truth and grace mixed together with the gospel. Yeah. For the first time, the woman stops hiding her sin. First time she stops hiding her sin. And then starts to ask, where can I find God to ask for this forgiveness? As we know, the Samaritans didn't do that. And Jesus tells it to be irrelevant. Verse 24 to 25. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. He's talking about Jews. For salvation is of the Jews. It doesn't mean to say that I've only came for the Jews. It's came from the Jews. Not only for Jews, but from Jews. But the hour is coming and it is now. When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. It's not talking about Holy Spirit here. Okay, it's no Holy Spirit in truth. It's human spirit. Uh, in truth, for the Father is seeking such a, a worship, to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Worshipping in spirit and truth. Jesus is saying, if it's all about what you feel, and what you want, and why you're praying, and why you're seeking me for your gain, it's going to do absolutely nothing to your life. Because you're worshipping spirit, but you're not worshipping truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like lottery dancing in the church at worship. Okay, listen, I, I'm all for people. People can worship any way they want. Some people like to go for it. Now, listen, everybody's into their own expression. But I've been to church and people just come in. The first chord's going. I'm like, what? What are you doing? First chord. It's like lorry. That's worship in spirit. It's no worship in truth. If you want to worship in truth, you would be a bit like, oh. There'd be a bit of that as well, wouldn't there? There's a bit of both. Don't you think? It's not just feelings. Oh. We are the ones who take you down and be the man. Can he stand there? Oh, tight jeans on. And I'm the one taking the thing. No, that's stupid stuff. It's learned. It's learned to death. More than one person's doing that has been learned. And they're all at it. We are the one. Watching it. Two words. Redneck. It's no real. Because it's in spirit, but it's no in truth. This woman's worse one. This woman would have, she never got the truth. She should have been definitely worshiping in spirit. To worship in spirit, do you know what worship in spirit would have been? I'm getting a big cup of goodness. We are the one of So it should be done. I need to stop. Spirit and truth. It's no that. It's no all that. It's sometimes it's both, and it's both. It's oh, it's him. 
When all that's worth it, all that's you. Looking around about you and all that. We're getting taught, that's getting taught. By the way, that's not even just getting learned, that's getting taught. We're wanting the energy here. You're going to be having to do that. That's your part of the audience. Crazy, man. It's worship and spirit. It's emotion. No truth. See, if it was truth, you'd laugh. I'm so unworthy dancing about like this. You know, you that's what happened in the church of Jesus Christ when the gospel get preached through the years. When John Knox and the likes of them preached, when Spurgeon preached, nobody was jumping about, nah, 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 nah. no, they weren't there like that, they were like, oh, what is me? Must be spirit and truth, worship and truth shouldn't be just making us dance about or win the lorry. Without truth, the woman leaves to pursue her own fame and glamour. Old Testament book of Asiya, one of my favourite, a minor prophet Asiya, a former Christ without being Christ, if you ever read it. Hosea's a minor prophet and he meets a prostitute and he marries her. And God says, he's just so Christ-like. It's so like this story, Old Testament. And he meets her. Her name's, I think her name's Homer. Goma. Homer's in The Simpsons. But see that see my heat see cause my heat's fried, I get away. I'm away in somewhere there, I'm away in Bart Simpson and Mad, you know that. No. And I wish I could do the accents because I would have done it right there and it would have been funny. <laughs> see so meets this woman Gomer and Gomer. Gomer's a prostitute. And and God lavishes her with stuff. And this is what it says in the scripture. She decked herself out with fine garments and jewellery, but me she forgot. She got all the promises of the stuff, but she never recognised him. And Hosea, in the most humble and humiliating way, goes out into the streets and calls for her. Just as Jesus does when we decide to go the wrong way, he'll come back into the streets and call for his back. Verse 25 and 26, we really need to go here. The woman said to him, I knew the Messiah is coming. Who's called the Christ. When he will come, he'll tell me all things or tell us all things. Seeing the writing here through the Holy Spirit leading John, everything's changed here. Do you hear her tone? You can almost sense her voice changing. In fact, you can't sense her voice changing. Her whole voice has changed. The woman's voice has changed. You can almost now, there's no pride now. You see that? The pride's away. She's now no entitled in any way. What's in it for me? None of that. I'm going to read it again because you need to hear the tone and the depth of what he said. The woman says to him, I know the Messiah is coming. Who is called the Christ. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. Everything, her whole countenance has changed. She's got this humility. She can hear it in the writing. She's no entitled. She's now convinced of her sinful nature and convicted. She's deep shame. But she's got something else in her voice. She's got deep shame. But for the first time ever in her life, there's a different kind of hope. 
a hope that one day she would meet that Messiah, that Saviour who will become her life and salvation. Verse 26, just... Jesus says to her, I am he. I am he. I speak to you as him. The reason you're waiting on the Messiah coming to tell you everything about you, I've came and told you everything about you. This is true salvation. This is this is salvation. Before that's a promise. This is way more precious than more beautiful than any gifts or anything you could get. It's a whole different level. It starts with hope. That's what Jesus gave. Do you know what came after hope? Humiliation. Do you know what came after humiliation? Humility. And you know what came after humility? Honour. That's the order. Transformation. I'm not going to go any further. I'd love to go in and talk about it. Let me just mention this because I said it at the start. Verse 27. This is just, this is just, this is, this is the timing. At this point, the disciples come back. <laughs> Don't you just love that? What, what, at what point? At what point? That exact point. What, no five minutes later? No ten minutes before it? The minute that she says that, the disciples arrive because now the next part of the scripture is going to happen, which we'll get into next week, is Jesus is going to teach the disciples now how to evangelize. At this point, the disciples came back. At that point, Jesus, at that very point, he's finished this conversation. I mean, how... See, when I read this, how can you not believe in Christ? See, when I read that, how can you not believe in Christ as Lord? How can you not believe that Je- How can you not believe in the word of God? How exciting. At that point. And by the way, this isn't a fable as well as you can read this and find it and document it. The well, Jacob's well, you can still go and visit that area. Actually, you can actually walk around and partly in Jerusalem where I want to go soon. You can actually walk around the circumference where Jesus sat with the woman at the well, right in the exact place. I just think that would be amazing. Don't you think? You can actually walk. Let's go. (laughs) Seriously, let's go. Uh, And you can actually just walk around the well where he was, where he had this encounter with this woman and the disciples. And at that point, the disciples came and marvelled. Fraser, do you want to come up? Because I will end up getting into Mary this and I'm not going to. The disciples come back and they don't see anything. And as we know, the woman then left her water pot. It says in verse 28 to 30, the woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and said, what you Come see a man who's told me all things. You could add that. Come see a man who's told me all things about me. <laughs> Come see a man who's told me all things about me. Come see a man who's told me all things that I ever did. What about that? There's no, there's no embarrassment here. You hear that? Yeah. She's, she's talking to men. There's no, embar- there's no shame here. She's naked and unashamed. Yeah. 
See, this is way better. And this way better. And this way better than that. And it way better than that. Do I, how much better is this? How much better is the full gospel of Christ? How much better is this than a feeling? How much better is this than just feeling good about feeling bad? Real freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. No I ever be yoked again to a bondage of slavery. This is the promise. This is why confession's good. This is why honesty's good. This is why truth's good. This is why humiliation's good. Because at the back end of that is way beyond anything you can ask, think, or even imagine. Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. She's almost bragging about it. She's bragging about it. I heard a guy saying in Alcoholics Anonymous once, he says to his wife, he came back to an A meeting. He says, eh, I can't get back. He says, I'm not going back to the A meetings. He says, how? He says, there was a guy talking about wet in the bed. And his wife says, you wet the bed. He says, he's bragging about it. It's changing it. You're no longer controller a president of your past. We will not regret the past and wish to shut the door on it. You'll comprehend the word serenity and no peace. No matter how far down the scale I've went, I can see how my experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will leave us. We'll intuitively know how to handle things that used to baffle us. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. He goes on and says, we'll suddenly realise that God can do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? They think, no, they've been fulfilled among people every day, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. The law always materialises. We seek Christ in all his ways. That's an extract for your recovery books. It says, come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Is this the Messiah? And it says... We don't know how many there were, a massive crowd went out and they came to him. It goes on and says at the end, but we'll get into next week. Many believed, wait till this, it says many believed because of the woman's testimony. They believed because of what they said, she said. And then they all came to Christ and then they say, we believed her because of what she says. And then it says, we believe you now because of what we've heard from you, Christ. This is the promises of God, eh? Why are we giving people the half-soap gospel when there's so much more for us? Why are we so afraid that that's bad? Why are we so afraid of that second part's no even better? The second part's even way better than the first part, isn't it? (laughs) The second part's just the... The second part, I I want to live the second part of the scripture, not the first. (laughs) I think when you've got the second part of the scripture, the first part of the scripture is irrelevant. You don't care. It's grace and truth. An equal proportion that brings transformation to your life. And my prayer is, is that that's the message that we preach in the church of Jesus Christ today. Because there are too many people coming to church and they're walking back out the door of church and they're not hearing the true message of the gospel. And they're taking what they've heard and they're leaving. We've done it. It's no happening. In 2019, we have to be 
full of truth and grace as we have been especially the last year and a bit and, and God's just taken us I just love that right at this moment in time that's what chapter we're in don't you? Yeah. how amazing there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ just conviction to a better life that's the true gospel it's way more attractive than everything else that we've all done before isn't it? for me it was anyway or maybe you've always done it that way and thank God you have <laughs> and thank God you're here to share it with us now as we work and navigate through this party this young church's life really yeah. as I've preached that message I don't believe MD's going to leave here going woe is me I think you leave here still with hope. Yeah. I still think you leave here with hope, yeah. and I still think you leave here maybe we're more convicted, maybe like, oh no, I need to, I need to deal with that. Right? And confession will help deal with that, and time will help deal with that. And, oh. But we'll go, to, we'll go to preach the message and leave it where it is. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Hope United. You can stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.